Welcome to the LabOp Leaders Series, a showcase of global change agents and experts in healthcare and laboratory management. Here's your host, LabOp Global Founder, Robert Farias. We'd like to introduce Bola Rinde Lawal to the podcast. Bola Rinde, how are you? I'm doing well. Thank you very much, Robert. Thank you. May I call you Bola? Yeah, please. Great. Thank you. Please, uh, so, Bola, let's uh, introduce you to the audience with giving a bit of your background, please, your academic background, if you don't mind. Yeah. Thank you very much. Um, like you correctly mentioned, my name is Bola Rinde, Joseph Lawal. I'm a Nigerian. Uh, but currently, I live in Sierra Leone. By profession, I train as a medical laboratory scientist in Nigeria at the Federal School of Medical Laboratory Science and Technology. And that was between 1995 to year 2000. Uh, before then, after secondary school, uh, due to lack of resources, uh, I was just at home. Initially, I wanted to study medicine because, you know, in those days, everybody wanted to be either a doctor or lawyer or engineer. Nobody knew about medical laboratory science. Uh, but because of uh, no resource, so after some years at home, to secondary school, then I decided to study accounting uh, because that was the easiest I could get around me and affordable. Then I went into accountancy um, at diploma level, then in Plateau States of Nigeria, just precisely. Um, during my first year, I joined a Christian fellowship called the Nigeria Fellowship of Evangelical Students. And there I made some friends and some of the leaders. And notably, the then Zona president for NIFES, who was also a student of medical laboratory science, told me about medical lab science. Why did I study laboratory medicine? Because he knew I was good in sciences. Uh, I said, oh, I never heard about this course before. And good enough, the school was just a few kilometers away from where I was studying accounting. And then I went to the School of Medical Lab and said I wanted to get enrolled. And good enough, the school was even cheaper than where I was studying accounting. So that's how I got enrolled. Uh, but I managed to run the two courses together. I finished the accounting at diploma level. Then I now continue to concentrate in the medical laboratory sciences and specialized in chemical pathology or clinical chemistry. Uh, so that's the little background. And that's, that was how I became a medical laboratory scientist. I graduated in year 2000 and went for my national youth service at the State House Medical Center. Uh, that is the President's Hospital in Abuja, Nigeria, between the year 2002 and 2001 and 2002. Uh, when I finished there, I was waiting because of my input in the, in the work then in the laboratory. The chief physician to the president himself told me not to go because they want to retain me at the laboratory there. Uh, but while waiting, uh, so many things transpired. I was I was given a local job, a local job, and I was doing that temporarily while waiting for the permanent job. Uh, in the process of that, I had another divine direction to go to join the Nigerian Fellowship of Evangelical Students as a missionary, and also as a program officer for the HIV/AIDS project, uh, because around that year, 2003, uh, the HIV was ravaging the country. A lot of youths were dying. 
Uh, so I felt burdened to be part of the, those that will fight and turn the table around to prevent the youths from dying from the virus. So I did that for seven years as the program officer for NIFES HIV and AIDS project. I managed a World Bank supported project through the Nigerian National AIDS Control Agency. I also wrote some proposals and got some few more grants uh, to continue to do the project. Uh, so it was purely project management, but also there was some aspects of laboratory, which is the voluntary counseling attempt. I coordinated that. And the job entailed going around the whole country, 36 states of Nigeria, including FCT, uh, preaching the gospel of HIV prevention, at the same time, encouraging people to go for counseling and testing. Uh, so I did that until 2010, when I had another sense of direction to go back into my main profession. And uh, prayerfully, I'm a Christian and I believe in praying and I also believe in waiting on God to know what he wants me to do. Uh, so during that year, uh, my wife and I, by then I was married, so we had the direction to go to Abuja. But how do we go to Abuja, we did not know. Uh, then at that period, someone told me of an opportunity with the Federal Capital Territory Administration that they needed a chemical pathologist or uh, laboratory scientist. Well, I reluctantly applied for that because I wasn't sure if I wanted to work with the government. And then within two weeks, I got a call, <laughs> unusually, that I should come for my letter. In summary, I was given a job as a senior medical laboratory scientist in Abuja, and I was posted to the Maitama General Hospital at Maitama Abuja. I worked there just for nine months. Uh, within those periods, uh, my name just went everywhere. People knew me because I stood for the right thing and uh, tried to put in some of the skills I've got, uh, working as project manager uh, into work. And that really significantly improved the way we worked in Abuja then at the Matama Hospital. And not long after that, within that nine months, the head of laboratory services at the hospital's management board by name, Dr. Mrs. Dori Oriaku, posted me to her office. And that was where I worked for the next four years between 2011 to 2014 as also the senior uh, medical laboratory scientist but I was responsible for training and quality management system. So um, with the head of medical lab services blessings, I introduced quality management system to the uh, Abuja, the public health, I mean the secondary public hospitals, there are 12 of them that we're managing. Um, I was involved and coordinated all the activities relating to quality of results and also client management, ensuring that patients were treated with dignity and respect and also improving the turnaround time. So I developed the first quality manual and also the health and safety manual and several SOPs and also did a lot of training on quality management system. I must also say that I didn't come to the system with the knowledge of quality management system. It was during, um, a program facilitated by FHI 360. I was translated to be part of the trainees uh, to train in Abuja on QMS. And that was my first encounter 
And that really turned around so many things for me. And I took the message seriously and went back, shared with my boss, and she was happy with that. And I started implementing this with her support and with support of the management of the hospital management board. Um, QMS became something that was acceptable. And from there, after four years, then I got an opportunity at the Medical Research Council in the Gambia as the clinical laboratories manager. And uh, I did interview and I was successful and I was given the job. But let me also mention that after my first degree, it took several years because I was working as missionary. I wasn't thinking of going for masters. But in fact, the resources were not also available. Uh, but as soon as I got to Abuja, the first thing on my mind was to do a master's degree. But because I've been posted to the hospitals management board, I thought, let me do something in management. And that was how I did health management at master's level. Um, and I got a degree at Benue State University, Makodi. So I worked for four years, also up to five years in the Gambia as the clinical laboratories manager. Then before, finally, I decided to move to London School of Hygiene and Tropical Medicine, where I am today as the laboratory manager for the Cambia Health Research Center Laboratory, where we do a lot of clinical trials and other surveillance studies. So I think I will stop here for now. Uh, Robert, that's, I've spoken a lot. That's great. No, Bolly, you've, you've covered a lot of territory. So um, let me just let me just um, replay a little bit of that. So um, okay. you spent some time both in addition to your work in Nigeria, uh, you then moved on to both the Gambia and Sierra Leone after that, right? So that's just to qualify that. So you had mentioned the Medical Research Council. And for those who don't know, that's Medical Research Council, the Gambia. Yeah, the Gambia. And then your London School uh, of Hygiene and Tropical Medicine activities uh, were connected through, uh, were, act, were active in, as you mentioned, in Sierra Leone. I just, wanted yes. to bring that, I just wanted to bring that up so that people appreciate that. But so let's discuss let's discuss a few things there, Bola, if you don't mind. So you clearly took you clearly had a knack or you had the capability uh, in the project management space. Um, and in another way of saying project management, in a sense, is uh, getting things done uh, with some discipline in science, I should say. Uh, yeah. But but uh, and and I think I think one of the questions I'd like to ask you about that is. In your time uh, working at a project management, essentially back when you were at the Nigerian Fellowship, all the way through what you're doing right now, it sounds like there's there's a common thread is that there's always been some level of project management associated to it. Can you talk to why you took the project management so well? Um, yeah, because um, then also, in fact, when I started that job as the program officer and managing those projects, I wasn't even conversant with a profession called project management. Yeah. Uh, but I started doing that. But again, I had a lot of training opportunity. I attended several training on HIV and project management. I did a lot of training on facilitation, on uh, needs assessment. And it was then I understood the project management circle. So I used those skills I got from those short courses to properly manage the HIV AIDS project and all the funds we got. And I must tell you, um, when World Bank came to assess um, all the implementing partners, we were rated among the best that did the job excellently well and kept record properly and comply with all the uh, regulations, So, which I'm very happy with. Um, but again, 
all those years, I'd never got any official qualification or certification on project management until this year when I just thought, okay, let me also add this and get the certification. And uh, then I went for Prince 2, uh, which is the uh, Prince 2 means um, projects in research in control, I mean, project in control environment. So I did the Prince 2 foundation level and also the practitioner level, and I passed the two examinations this year. Uh, this is just uh, to just give credence to my project management skill to be sure that, yes, I've been doing the right thing. Sure. So, so let's talk about something else, Paula, then about that. So within that window of time, um, from a lab management perspective, certainly there is the uh, procedural and the execution discipline that comes along with the uh, the rigor of project management approach. And then obviously applying that to quality management systems, I can see where that translates. Can you talk to your experience, what you've seen change in terms of lab management itself over that window of time? Because it's been a bit of time that you've been in, the, in that type of role. So can you describe what you've seen change, whether it's in dealing with people or dealing with systems or uh, or or anything along those those paths? Yeah, I'm really, I would say a lot, a lot has changed. And uh, as I grew up and still growing in the profession and in, in management level, I realized there were a few things I could have done differently if I've got some training uh, in those years when I started compared to now. Um, I remember at my early stage as a lab manager, even when I got to the MRC in the Gambia, I was, I would say, almost just trying to please the people, you know, not really taking some decisive steps and uh, decisive and being assertive, uh, because what I thought I was, I, I, I faced was kind of trying to please the people to accept me, you know, but that also changed over the time within the job at MRC. Um, I realized at some point. If I want to please everybody, then <laughs> like according to what someone said, if you want to please everybody, they go and sell ice cream. If you want to make people. <laughs> <laughs> Very good analogy. Yeah. So I now realize, look, I'm not here to please people. My JD is not to make people happy. But as a manager and as a leader, one thing I always do is to create friendly working environment. The laboratory job is a delicate one. I don't want people to be pissed off and go to make mistakes at the expense of the patients. So as much as possible, I make everybody feel good to come to work every day. And because I believe also that the workplace is where you spend the most hours of your time. Therefore, it is good to come to work and go back happy and always look forward to the next day coming to work for the sake of the patient. I've also realized that in managing the people, actually people will not do what you expect, uh, but people will do what you expect. So as a manager, I understand the difference between being a manager and being a leader. As a leader, you have to lead by example. If you say staff don't come late, then that means you as a leader should be there earlier. So at all my workplaces, I'm always there on seat before others come. Uh, so they see that an example. I've also realized something over the time that when you are leading the people and people do things against the policy and against the agreement, 
if they do such a thing, commit wrong things without consequences, then you are just giving them the capacity to do worse. So my style of management and dealing with the people is when you do good, I commend you very well. And when you do bad, you'll get the consequence. Uh, not that I won't give warning, there'll be warning, there could be some allowances. I look away from some things because it's not good to be too overbearing. But there are certain boundaries that people must not cross. When they cross it, they have to face the consequence. That's what helps to bring sanity to workplace and people do their job seriously. I don't know if that's the direction you're asking. Yeah, no, that's that's perfect, Bo. And I think it's I think it it's um it's very good, um, very good management advice as well to be able yeah. to have a combination of some some structure that needs to be adhered to, some expectations that need to be followed, but at the same time appreciating that there's slight nuances that don't always mean uh, you're running around with a hammer trying to trying to force people back into your box. Uh, Not at and, all. <laughs> and at the same time, uh, I think respecting the employees that are that are specifically there and have some talents and some skills that need to be adhered to, uh, and trusting their judgment and how they and how they need to resolve a situation is also obviously yeah. critically important. Something you've experienced, and and I guess I guess in someone who's managed a lab focused on trials, uh, relative yeah. to someone who's managed a lab focused on the clinical aspect, can you talk yeah. to any any nuances there? Things you've seen that are that are different between the settings. Yeah, so um, both aspects are quite important. Managing clinical labs uh, that targets patients' clinical care or managing clinical trial laboratory where clinical trials are conducted. But I must say that clinical trial is a very sensitive aspect and um, because clinical trial is like trying a new age, um material, either vaccine or drug that's under development to see whether this is suitable and safe for human use and also to check if it is efficacious. So um, these are done in compliance with several and stringent regulations and standards. For example, in our laboratories, both in the Gambia and even here now, we work towards the good clinical laboratory practice standard. Uh, in the Gambia, we're working also um, up to the ISO 15189. So all these things are very, very critical. Like I said earlier on, the laboratory profession is a delicate one that must be accurate at all the time because any error committed in the laboratory has implications on the patients, has implications on the patient's family, even on the community and on the nation at large, any laboratory error could have such a ripple effect that could cause permanent jeopardy to an individual of the family. So that's why, whether we are managing clinical laboratory that targets or focuses on patient care or on clinical trials, we must make sure that we do our job in such a way that the results that are coming out are accurate and reliable. And one simplest way of achieving this is through implementing quality management system. That helps a lot from my experience. 
our experience with students and early careerists is often that they have a sense of where they're going, uh, but they don't necessarily get to have the, the broader experience to understand the different options available to them as they advance in their careers. Uh, they've certainly heard of people managing the labs and people supervising the labs. Uh, and, and oftentimes, they, they, those are positions that people aspire to. Could you give some advice to students and early careerists that are getting their, their feet wet in the industry, that are getting started, what they should prepare themselves with, what they could potentially you know, upskill themselves in to help move their, further their path in that direction? Yeah, thank you very much. My advice to students who are currently studying laboratory medicine or medical lab sciences is for them to pursue excellence. Just be good at what you are doing in your studies and also be inquisitive. Read to understand the latest happenings in the profession. There are so many evolving things now. We have a lot of imagine, imagine and reimagine diseases and different aspects where medical laboratory scientists can fit in. Uh, a good lesson is from the recent COVID. <laughs> the global pandemic now has proven that the role of medical laboratory science in the world and the global healthcare or even global health system can never be overemphasized. So students should please uh, be dodged and also be tenacious in doing your studying and excel. The sky is actually your limit. So there are different aspects you may want to consider. You want to consider being a clinical laboratory uh, scientist that, that really primarily focus on patient care like in the areas of biochemistry, hematology, and uh, microbiology. Um, those are the basic things that's really that are very important and useful for patient care in the clinical laboratories. You may also look at research area um, whereby we do clinical trials or surveillance uh, studies, looking at disease outbreaks. Another opportunity can happen at the area of public health laboratory. There are some of these government-owned public laboratories where we do testings of uh, infectious diseases, uh, such things like yellow fever, like uh, rubella, uh, like even during this COVID outbreak, the public laboratory played significant roles. Um, you can also talk about industry. Um, there are some pharma industry that really need the services of medical laboratory scientists in drug development and vaccines development. So these are some of the areas. And of course, academics. Some people, they may choose to continue to study to master's level and PhD level and be a lecturer or a teacher teaching in academic institutions. For example, now, uh, the role I play, I'm not relating to the core academics, but I am a professional supporting research and even supporting also the academic work going on. But at the forefront, I don't, I go into lecturing because uh, I would not have the time based on my work schedule and all the expectations around me. Uh, Robert, I forgot to also mention that right now I'm pursuing my PhD in global health and health systems at the Euclid University. So combining those two things uh, with work, you know, give me opportunity to click on any lecturing job. But if I wanted to do that, I could opt for that in the London School of Hygiene and Tropical Medicine right now but I know that will be overloading myself. So for students out there, I would just say hard work also pays, um, being working hard and smartly and also being focused, uh, we take you to the higher ground. Thank you so much, Robert. 
Thank you, Bolum, for that. And um, just to wrap up and, and uh, for you to also thank some other people, uh, we'd like to just give you a chance to acknowledge any mentors or supporters along the way that have helped your career uh, and continue to support you in your activities. Yeah, thank you very much. The first person I really want to acknowledge is the person who introduced me to medical laboratory science. And by name, he is Kaide Adegoke, who is based in the University of Lagos, Nigeria, right now. I remember then, as a student who was studying accounting, he told me about medical lab science for the first time. And uh, when I finally joined, in fact, he accommodated me in his room. He squatted me in his one small room then in Jos. And since then, he has been a very good senior colleague. So thank you very much uh, to my big brother, Kende Adegoke. I also would like to appreciate uh, my former boss, whom I work with at the Hospitals Management Board in Abuja, Nigeria, in testing of Dr. Mrs. Doris Oriaku. I remember the last time I called her to say thank you for giving me the wings to fly. Uh, he gave me, she gave me the opportunity to express myself in the areas of quality management system when I did get the training, and he gave me all the support. I will also say that uh, the fruit of all those efforts then is that one of the hospitals we managed, specifically the Buari General Hospital in Abuja, has since got the ISO 15189 accreditation. So kudos to all the people there that work so hard and continue to build on the foundation that we laid together with Mrs. Uriaku some years back. I will also want to significantly appreciate Dr. James Ame, who is now a postdoc researcher at uh, Queensland University in Australia. James Ame has been my friend right from school days. We were together in uh, medical lab science school in Jos. I was their class prefect, uh, but I would say he's a, men a mentor to me even now. Uh, he was the person that first introduced me to quality management system, and he did encourage me a lot to pay attention to read that if I can take it on seriously, I will really get onto the higher ground. So Dr. James Ahmed, thank you very much for uh, giving me the opportunity and opening my eyes to see the benefits of quality management system. Finally, I would like to acknowledge my wife, who is also listening to me right now, um, Queen Bola Lawar. She is my professional colleague. <laughs> She's also a clinical chemist. But we didn't know each other in school days. It was during her service year when she was posted to Jos Nigeria that we met. And since then, we've not just been good professional colleagues, but we've also been good partners at home. So on this note, I want to say thank you to others who I cannot mention their names right now. Uh, but let me also say thank you to my boss, my lab director currently, Mr. Brett Lowe, who is the lab director of Africa and a staff of London School of Hygiene and Tropical Medicine. We work together so well, and I'm learning a lot from him. So thank you, Robert. Over to you. Thank you very much, Bola, and, and thank you for giving us the time today. I appreciate the, uh, the amount of time you have the amount of time you have is limited given all the different engagements and programs and studies and, and your own studies that you're participating in as well. Uh, so congratulations on the, on the success so far. We certainly look forward to uh, having you back and hearing more about you. And then also having you available uh, potentially as a webinar guest down the road um, to share some more insights with people, but thank you very much for your time today and your insights as well. Thank you very much Robert. Thank you for your time. And thank you for what you are doing, trying to put the profession in the limelight. Uh, like I said, when we're chatting, that medical laboratory sciences has been at the background and been relegated for so long. 
Um, but I hope that the world will begin to see that this is a profession. I read one article some time ago, somebody said, the hidden profession, I'm a profession that saves lives. That is medical laboratory science. We are hidden for now, but I believe the world is beginning to know the relevance and the importance and the critical roles that we play in healthcare delivery. And I hope all the governments of the world will begin to give all the support and resources needed to make this profession what it's supposed to be. And that will be for the benefit of the people and of the world at large. Thank you very much. Thank you, Bola. Can I cannot say it better? To make a suggestion of someone that would make a great guest or topic you would like to hear more about, please visit us at labop.org. That's L-A-B-O-P-P dot org. Thank you.